Welcome to Free Christian Church of God's Audio Outreach Ministry. For more information regarding the Audio Outreach Ministries, or to order past messages, please contact the church office at area code 419-596-3103 or visit our website at www.freecog.org. And now here's Pastor Jimmy Fry with today's message. Turn in your Bibles to Romans 10, verse 13. I've been all kinds of fired up about preaching this today. It says this, For everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Do you get that? Preach the good news. Lord, we're thankful for your word today. Lord, might it uh, help us today to examine our hearts, uh, to examine our thoughts, God, and to especially check our feelings. Lord, might you work mighty today through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I've told you before, I'm kind of a preacher junkie, uh, a sermon junkie. I like to listen to, to sermons of especially old preachers. One of my favorite preachers to read or, or to listen to, you can find some audio of him, is uh, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones. How many ever heard of the, not many preacher junkies, and just, just the old guys, us old guys here, we've heard of Martin lloyd so Martin Lloyd-Jones was actually a doctor, a, a phenomenal doctor. In fact, he, in his 20s, worked for the royal family uh, as, as far as a medical doctor. But in his 20s, God called him to preach, and he left that medical profession that he was so well-known in and well-qualified for to become a preacher, and a phenomenal preacher he was, but I think the reason that I like Martin Lloyd-Jones so much is because of the first thing he did when he became the pastor of the Westminster Chapel in London. He came in and he nailed the pulpit down in the center of the stage. How would it benefit God's people how would it benefit those seeking to be reconciled to God if the church would arise, would clear the stage, and nail the pulpit to the center of the floor? Making a decree, making a promise, making an announcement that the preaching of the Word of God will be the central force of the church. What if we put authoritative truth back in its place and kicked performance and entertainment out? You can see where this is going. I've noticed these last few weeks through really a few different, totally unrelated channels, which will show the popularity of it, it's this idea 
this pursuit that there is the power of God without the Word of God. Very alarming. In today's world, we've been conditioned to take the path of least resistance. The quickest way from point A to point B, not only in our everyday life, but that has leaked into the church. Our attention spans have shrunk. So now it takes a flash in a while to draw people into church. We attempt to give people this experience when they get here. I read uh, something this week about uh, the young generation. I don't know if it was the Gen X or the Gen, was it Y that's after that or Z or whatever we're on now, that uh, any social media video that lasts more than 60 seconds stresses them out. It's funny, but if they can't watch a video for 60 seconds, how will they ever listen to a man preach? You see, you see what's happening? Do you see what's happening? So now, now pulpits have been filled with these quick, drive-through sermons, and we have a generation with a tick-tock theology. 60 seconds at a time is all they can handle. So instead we give pep talks and we give motivational speeches. It seems in these latest movements that we're reading about and hearing about, much has been made of everything except for preaching. In a sense, escorting the man in the pulpit to the exit door. Keeping his leash short, repl replacing the exposition of Scripture with testimonies, with music, even secular music, with dramas, with comedians and storytellers. But I'm here to tell you today, any departing from the Scripture, any departing from the Word of God and it being preached leads to death, not life. The entire Old Testament is filled with prophets. Those who spoke the word of God. Then John the Baptist comes preaching after 400 years of silence, God sent a preacher. And then Jesus, God's only son, sent into the world as a preacher. And then he trains up 12 men underneath him to be preachers. And he radically saves Paul, the killer of Christians, and makes him a preacher. And Paul goes on missionary journeys, and he's planting churches. And in each church he makes, he puts a preacher. No song leaders. No welcome committees, though they have their place. It's obvious all throughout Scripture from beginning to the end of it, preaching is primary. And for God's church, it will always be primary. 
The Bible rarely notes what songs were sung, but it always notes why they were singing. We have this pursuit of emotionalism within the church. From music to TV shows to YouTube videos to movies, all bringing down in the minds of people the sufficiency, the inerrancy, and the authority of the Word of God. God's Word has become an afterthought. More people are excited about the next episode of The Chosen than they are reading their Bible. That's the truth. And if your Bible is the TV show, you don't have a Bible. People are drawn six hours away to a college set on fire, they claim, leaving behind their pastor in the pulpit at their local church. We're drawn to such things because it's the quick fix. We like to be entertained, but it all goes back to it's the easiest path, we think, from point A to point B. But consuming a TV show is not consuming the Word. Consuming the Word is consuming the word. So in a sense, I think it's as if people are beginning to eat of the forbidden fruit again. Though maybe not necessarily asking did God really say, but assuming God said because their emotions are telling them so. And in that we've deified our emotions. And by escorting the preacher to the door, we've given our emotions absolutely no accountability but full reign. We've actually escorted God's design of truly regenerating hearts to the exit. So church looks like the world, and the world is comfortable in the church. The goats are feasting, and the sheep are starving. And if you dare call out the nonsense, if you simply ask, where's the word? You'll find the goats are willing to feast on the preacher. Willing to devour him before he throws the wet blanket on their shallow, strange fire. Devin Franklin is an actor in the newly released Jesus Revolution movie. He was asked a question in an interview. The question was this. Why is this movie so special, especially for the times we are in now? Listen carefully to his response, and I quote, This film does the most brilliant job of portraying why people would become Christian without preaching. What's the goal of the film then? To replace preaching. 
1 Corinthians 1, 18 through 25. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing. But to us being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. In the discernment of the discerning, I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of the age? Has God not made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. Not movies, not TV shows, not even reenactments. It's preaching, folks. Some translations say the foolishness of preaching. Some people translate it the fool preaching. And I'm overqualified for that. Verse 22, for Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach We preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and folly to the Gentiles. That's why they're making movies. That's why they're making TV shows because preaching is folly to Hollywood. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God, for the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. So I'm just going to stick with what God said. So are you seeing, maybe now, the attack on the pulpit? In, In the book of Genesis, we, we recall at the, at the fall, when, when sin came into the world, labor was cursed. All labor was cursed. Can I get an amen? Amen. We, we all know that. Part of that curse includes pastoral labor. I know, hard to believe, right? Hard to believe. But there is actually a greater target on God's men in the pulpit. Not only the curse, but a special attention to destroy the pulpit. If Satan can cut off the supply line, if he can make the preaching of God's word seem obsolete or undesirable by seemingly replacing it with something easier or more convenient, you better believe he's going to fight tooth and nail to do it. 1 Timothy 4, now the Spirit expressly says that in later times some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons. How do we keep from being deceived? We have to know the Word. How do we know the Word? We listen to the Word preached. We read the word, and then we listen to, that's how you deceive. See, we we all think that it's going to be some like satanic movement with 666 all over it, and it's not. It's going to look really, really close to actual church. It's just going to be the wrong spirit. It's just going to be the wrong spirit. 
A song can't measure up to preaching, true preaching. A skit can't measure up to preaching. Give me a man whose theology is on fire over any other means. Any other means, a man with gospel fire in his bones, made weary by holding it back, set him off, and the church will worship. The church will worship. The church will never rise higher than what is preached in its pulpit. The root of true worship is truth, not feelings. One of my favorite songs to sing in worship, didn't know this, we were singing it today, How Great Thou Art. Oh Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder consider using my brain, not my emotions, but consider all the worlds thy hands have made. I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, thy power throughout the universe display. Then sings my mouth, no. My hands, the tears in my eyes, no. My soul, it's deep because truth takes us deeper into worship because it's more than external. It becomes internal. It moves the deepest parts of our being. And because of that, our soul sings. That's worship. Preaching is more than exegesis. It's about life and death. Preaching is about heaven and it's about hell. It is pleading with people to live. It's not just giving information. It's a plea to accept the truth and to live the truth that you have heard. And it's a dangerous job because the Bible says those who preach will be judged according to what they say. See, standing in front of you doesn't scare me. But knowing at this moment I'm standing before God and every word that comes out of my mouth he will hold me accountable for scares me to death. I would do any other job in this world but this. But I can't. But I just can't. But you see, that's, that's not it. That's, that's not just it in preaching. This is dangerous for you. Because if you've heard the truth, you will now be held accountable to live the truth. That's why some people don't come to churches that preach the truth. See where there's friction in that? You're now accountable for what this says. You can't unhear it. So that's why we have people so content with emotionalism, because there's, a, there's no accountability. It feels good, it feels religious, it might even feel holy, but it's not, it's just that. It's, it's just a feeling. And the Word brings accountability. The Word brings accountability to what we pray in this church. 
The word brings accountability to what we sing in this church. It brings accountability to who serves in this church. Because it's God's church and it's his word. So today, we have worship without the word. How is that so? How can it be? Anything without the word leaves Jesus to our imagination and our emotions. And you wonder, how do we have so many Jesuses in this world today? Because there's no accountability to Scripture. So when we do this, leave Jesus to our imagination and to our emotions, then we begin to idolize a place. We fall in love with a feeling. We spend the rest of our lives trying to find something to replicate that experience. And suddenly our emotions tell us that God's word is insufficient. In preaching, the preacher is truly worshiping and hopefully causing everyone who hears to worship too. We have one worship leader here, and it is whoever is preaching in the pulpit that Sunday. We have great music leaders, but what happens in this pulpit can accelerate or hinder what they do. Because preaching is primary. Preaching is not something to just intellectually challenge you. Preaching is to awaken that which is slumbering in you. Preaching is to set fire to that which has burnt out. It's not just more preaching that we need. It's more real preaching that we need. A declaration of who God's word says he is. Preaching that introduces people to the biblical Jesus. It doesn't have to be extravagant, but it does have to be biblical. Look at John the Baptist, the simplicity of preaching. John the Baptist says, here's Jesus. This is him. Make a straight path for him. Clear the way for him. That's real preaching. That's real preaching. Real preaching says, here's the real Jesus. Don't just take my word for it. Take his word for it. This is who he said he is. Consider these words of Jesus, the Pharisees, in Matthew twenty-two, twenty-nine. You are wrong. Oh, Jesus, but you're love. Can't you say that gentler? That's pretty gentle. You are wrong because you know neither the scriptures nor the power of God. Man, I want to say that a lot of places today. Wait, wait, wait. there's no preaching? You don't know the power of God. You th this, this isn't God. This is emotion because nobody's preaching anymore. Revival 
doesn't give the preacher the day off. The pulpit can't be moved out of the way for the music leader and the spirit to move. Nor the Bible be set aside for the song sheet. The preaching of God's word, go ahead and look all throughout history, has never taken a back seat in revival. It's only ever caused revival. Real revival is the nailing of the pulpit to the center of the church stage. Real revival is nailing that pulpit both to the floor of the church and the floor of our hearts. God's design is that his word is enough. That's it. Enough to draw men and enough to keep them. As a good friend of mine would say, it will get the flock in order. If men are being drawn by any other means, it's superficial. It's temporary. The bells and the whistles and the flashes may get people through the door, but the word of God will hold the sheep. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Preaching is the stone drop in the water that causes a ripple effect in the hearer's week. Think about, for a moment, the power of biblical preaching. There is, the world cannot replicate biblical preaching. The world cannot do what God's church does when it convenes together under biblical preaching. Because biblical preaching will impact both saved and unsaved. All at the same time. Sinners and saints moved by the power of God's word. It'll move both Seasoned Christians and infant Christians. You didn't have to take a course before you came here today to understand what's being said. All ages, all background, those with great knowledge and those with limited education all become one under the preaching of God's word. God chose preaching to grab hearts, to inspire and to transform and to cause all to worship in one mind and one accord. It levels the field. It escorts all races. It escorts all denominations, male and female, young and old, to the foot of the cross. Where is the word? You see, preaching isn't everything, but it does affect everything. I'm not sure anything displays the power of preaching quite like what we read about in Ezekiel 37. Revival. In verse 3, the question is asked, and I believe it's asked again and again and again to every man of God before he enters into the pulpit. Son of man, can these bones live? 
Many would respond today, the bones can live again if we make worship fun and exciting. Maybe if we use modern movies to draw people in, then, then maybe they can live or smoke machines. Yeah, you know, set the mood. Or open with a secular song so that everyone feels comfortable. Or perhaps they can live again if we were not so hard on sin and maybe uh, just portrayed ourselves as being more relevant. But not Ezekiel. Not the man of God who knows only God has the power to truly raise the dead. God's word has the power to truly raise the dead. And Ezekiel's response was one of absolute helplessness. He said, Lord, only you know. Only you know. And catch verse 4. Then he said to me, prophesy. Preach over these bones. Don't make a movie. Don't sing a song to them. Don't entertain them. Prophesy over the bones and say to them, O bones, hear the word of the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord, this all-sufficient, inerrant, able to save, able to revive word of the Lord. Verse 5, thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. Not anything that man can invent or man can muster up in our creativities or emotions can bring this. Only God can bring the breath Verse 6, I will lay sinews upon you and I will cause a flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. He ain't even preached yet. He ain't even preached. But imagine how ready he was to preach. Verse 7, so I prophesied as I was commanded. So I preached as the Lord gave me to preach. And as I prophesied, there was a sound. And it wasn't the musicians. It wasn't. Behold, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. And I looked, and behold, there were sinews on them, and flesh had come on them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord. That's preaching right there. That's preaching. Preaching is thus says the Lord God. Come from the four winds, O breath, and Breathe to these slain that they may live. So, what's the preacher do? I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived, and they stood to their feet, an exceedingly great army, not a bunch of wimps. I added the wimp part. That wasn't scripture. That was, that's in italics. The power of God is manifest 
in the preaching of the gospel. Listen, not just when I preach it, not just when my dad preaches it, even when you preach it. Evangelism. It's not a bunch of hyped up emotional people. It's not singing that produces revival, it's preaching. Any movement lacking preaching is a movement that lacks wisdom. It's a movement that lacks the power and the spirit of God. We need renewed minds. We need softened hearts and we need our emotions put in check. We don't need to be more emotional than we are. We need to be wise. Preaching the gospel does that. So if the spirit is present and the word is not, ask yourself, what spirit is it? We can't just do what feels right. We can't just do what looks right. We can't just assume and embrace. We must do what God says is right. Test the spirits. Test the preaching. Test the music with what? The word. Test it all. Every time I'm up here, you better have your Bible open making sure I ain't gone rogue. Because I'm capable of it. How is it we think in 2023 we have it so figured out that we can have a move of God without his word? Nineveh, Jonah was sent to preach. And I'm, I'm probably going to get into this next week if you come back for part two. Pentecost. The Spirit fell and Peter preached, right? And all throughout Christian history, revival in moves of God came through the pulpit of a preacher. Ezekiel, the Valley of Dry Bones, came through a preacher. So have we figured it out in our intelligence? And to, We just got through eating Tide Pods, people, right? But we've got it figured out, God. We don't need the preacher. We don't. Look, I'll quit preaching here when you pry my cold, dead hands off the edge of this pulpit. You're going to have a hard time getting preaching out of this place. Um, but we're so smart, we're so wise, we're so spiritual in our TikTok theology that we're having revival without preaching? No. We've just settled for the doctrine of demons. Do you don't believe me? Try testing the spirits and see how people come after you. Now, I'm not saying... What's happening isn't good. Teenagers worshiping, colleges worshiping, worship is good. But I question, how do they know who they're worshiping if someone's not 
checking it. I talked about this a lot Wednesday night. It's very concerning to me that people are traveling from churches somewhere where they think the Spirit of God is moving as if the Spirit of God can't move here. And, and I want, I'm going to tell you this. You want to know what revival's like? It's two men giving their life to Christ a couple weeks ago. That's revival. It's splitting every man a warrior up into three groups because men are hungry to become the spiritual leaders of their home. That's revival. I don't have to drive six hours. In fact, I wouldn't want to because I'd have to leave there. I don't have to leave here. It's concerning that people were so starved that they thought they had to drive somewhere to get God. And they didn't just open their Bibles up on their lap to get it. See? See what happened? The inefficiency of Scripture in their mind. My Bible can't do it. It's at a place. And now we have idolatry. Right? We have a building that's become sacred. A place that has become sacred. In the whole New Testament, folks, what's the temple? We are the temple. So I get in my Bible to be revived. I fall on my knees to be revived. And once I'm revived, once the word is spoken to me, and I realize how great thou art, then I stand and I will sing and I will worship. And it won't just be my lips and it won't just be my eyes. It won't just be my voice. It will be my soul that sings and it will join with my brothers and sisters in Christ who have just heard the word preached, who has grasped the hold of the greatness of God and we will sing in unison and we become one stinking huge temple. That's revival. I got lightheaded. <laughs> Folks, God is good. And I'll tell you where he's good. He's good all over right here. Right here. I promise you, I promise you, if you seek his face through his word, he will revive you wherever you stand, sit, lay down, or crawl. This is what revives. Throw some of your music out. Throw some of your devotions out. Throw some of your books out and just get in to God's word and sit under good preaching. Seriously. And if you don't think it's here, fine. Bye. Tell me where you're going. I'll join you. Right? I'm for anybody who's preaching the word of God nowadays. Support them, encourage them, because there's few and far between. You have been listening to Pastor Jimmy Fry from Free Christian Church of God in Continental Ohio. We hope you have enjoyed today's message, and we would like to invite you to visit us next Sunday morning. 
Our Sunday morning services begin with Sunday school at 9.30, followed by the worship service at 10.30. Free Christian Church of God is located on the corner of State Route 15 and State Route 634, just north of Continental. For more information regarding this or other ministries, call the church office at area code 419-596-3103 or visit our website at www.freecog.org. This has been a Free Christian Church of God audio outreach ministries production.